right now I'm in a different room because it's there is hardly any good internet connection in the basement, so I have to take the call in another room. <laughs> All right, awesome, man. All right, so it says we're we're live. Um, super excited. So, what's going on, everybody? Um, very very excited to bring you today's guest. Uh, today our guest is the founder of Two Thousand Books He's been able to build a successful lifestyle business based around selling book summaries to entrepreneurs. Now, this book has allowed him to travel around the world and live life on his own terms. He's read over a thousand books and he reads a book a day. However, he wasn't always enjoying the benefits the entrepreneur life provides him today. From 1996 to 2000, he actually got his undergrad in physics at the Indian Institute of Technology, also known as IIT. After he got his undergrad, he moved to the United States and got his master's degree in electrical and computer engineering at Rice University. From there, he got a job in Austin, Texas. He would write software um, for DVD players. However, in 2004, he actually got laid off from his job, but um, he had what's called, he has what's called an a H-1B visa, which means that he had 30 days to find a job or he had to move back to India. So he had to hustle and he got three job offers in that time. So he was able to stay in the US. He moved to San Diego in 2004, where he started working for at Nokia as a software developer for their cell phone division. He was there for two years and unfortunately got laid off again in 2006, but he made the decision. He goes, all right, I got 30 days again to find a new job or he had to move back to India. So he, again, he put it some work and he got five job offers within the, those 30 days. So he was able to stay. He ended up getting a job at Texas Instruments to be a software engineer for their cell phone division. Unfortunately, he was again laid off in 2007. Then he ended up at a company called Qualcomm and he was there for seven years. And uh, it got to the point where he was actually managing billion dollar cell phone design projects for Sony Mobile, which is actually one of the biggest companies in the world. And during this time, he was reading books by great thinkers. You know, one of the books that really started to, that really acknowledged his passion and ambition was the book, was the book Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rand, followed by Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. However, at Qualcomm, you know, he was working 16 hour days and you had to make a decision to keep working 16 hour days and hopefully move up the corporate ladder or to start his own business. Then coincidentally, one of his friends gave him the book, The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and he made the decision to create a lifestyle business. He, create, he decided to create his company, 2,000 Books, in November of 2015, and the rest is history. Today, he is free from reporting to VPs and VCs and is able to travel the world as he pleases and is a member of the notorious digital marketing mastermind war room where he connects with some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. And he's really shown that it's possible to create a successful lifestyle business revolving around what you love to do. So today, I'm very thrilled to bring you the undisputed book reading champion of the world, Mr. Manny Vaya. Damn, man. Thank you very much. Wow. I have to tell you that I have never had anyone do such a thorough, such a complete research on my background and report all the facts so precisely. And I, I know that these are not like you didn't get them from one source because these are things you know from different sources. You probably picked them up from my emails, from my website, from different sources across like all the different campaigns, maybe from all my stories. So I appreciate it, man. Thank you for all the research. Uh, so precise, so well done. And everything you've said is uh, spot on. So thank you. Thank you for having me here, man. Beautiful. Awesome, man. So 
So Manny, when you were working 16 hour days at Qualcomm, uh, but you know, you've had that itch to travel the world and visit, you know, and visit your parents in India and do what you wanted to do. Um, I know it wasn't an easy decision to leave, you know, like that comfortable environment. Uh, like walk us through, you know, the day where you finally decided like, this is, this is it. I'm going to start building my own business. Man, this was, this was way easier than I would have liked it to be because Qualcomm in 2015, late, I think July or August, around the time they announced that they were going to lay off like 10,000 people or so. So I just went to my, I just went to my manager and I was like, Hey man, you should lay me off. I, 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 I want to go. I want to start my own business. Uh, think I'm done. So he said, okay, we will consider it. So till the last day, I had no idea if I was going to get laid off or not. And I still remember that day, uh, on the day of layoffs and nobody called me till like very late in the morning that day. And I was getting stressed out because I thought they wouldn't lay me off. And then I would have to just resign. And my friends were making fun of that situation. They were like saying, you know, the whole company, everyone's stressed out because they're stressed, stressed out or getting the call that they're going to get called to the room and they're going to get laid off. And you're stressed out because you're not getting the call. This is like the most effed up situation, but you know, you are reverse or reverse stressed for something. That's like the most, uh, well, most, uh, it's, it's the stupidest thing, but I remember that day. And I was, I still remember, like, I was like, damn, man, I, I hope they didn't like mess it up and they didn't think that just because I wanted to go anyways, so they wouldn't lay me off and blah, blah, blah. But you know, that was easy because I didn't get the call and then they didn't, uh, you know, give me uh, the layoff and the pink slip and uh, the, you know, all that stuff. So that was easy. It was actually easier than I would have liked it to be. That That's really interesting, man. So did you read the four hour work week? um before you left or was it yeah actually- so i had i had read four hour work week right around 2008 2009 so i had just started like i had just gotten a hint of it at the time and i started reading it and i like when i read it read it once and i read it twice and i was like wow this is amazing but at the time as you know as you talked about it i had what's called an h1b visa so i couldn't just start a business um because stipulations with that h1b visa there's a lot of stuff so the only way I could have done it is wait till I get my green card to start my business. And that's what I did. I waited till I got my green card, which was somewhere in 2014. And once that came, um, uh, I was like, I was trying to figure out, okay, what's my next move? Where should I go from here? When should I start a business? When, you know, it was, I was in a, I was kind of in a limbo because now that I had my green card, I was, I was still dragging feet, trying to figure out, okay, maybe in the next three months, maybe in the next three months, maybe in the next three months, maybe in the next three months. But as soon as Qualcomm said, we're going to start laying people off, I'm like, hey, this is it. This is my, you know, this is it. I should, this is, this is the sign. It's time to go. Wow. So you were like, you, the, the, the perfect opportunity presented itself and then you, you know, you jump through. And during that whole time where you're waiting for, you know, the opportunity, did you, know what you were going to build not so clearly as i would like to think like it's very hard in business sometimes or most of the times because we think this is what we want to build and we start with it and then we iterate and we iterate and iterate and things evolve so same thing happened with me i had no idea that i was going to build a book summary business really i was just reading like when i got exposed to four hour work week 
I was like, okay, I want to build something, a business like this. So I started reading books, uh, a lot of more business books and marketing books. And I was like, okay, well, I can't really start a business, but I at least can you know, get my knowledge and learn as I go. And as I was reading these books, I was like, oh, there's something called book summaries. Like people have these summaries of books. Let me sign up for those. So I signed up for those summaries. And what I found was that they were very uh, boring. They were very uh, cut and dry. They were like someone had just highlighted a bunch of stuff and then like rewritten the passages in their own words and called it a book summary. And I felt like those summaries weren't really uh, very fulfilling and they were not very, uh, there was no character. There was no passion. There was no excitement. It was very boring to me. So I was like, no, 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 this is, I don't like this. So I, I decided I'm going to just do my own, but that was still while I was Qualcomm. And I, I didn't really think of doing it on my own as a business. I just literally, I created one day. I just, I was reading the book, the millionaire fast lane for all of you guys watching. If you haven't read the book, Millionaire fast lane, it's awesome. It's a really good book. Um, and I read the book and I was like, um, this is great, but there's just so much, so much information here. I want to put it all on a mind map. I just want to like put it all together in a visual fashion. I'm, I'm an engineer. I, I you know, I, I like to see visually, I'd like to see things logically breaking down and step-by-step step and all those things. So I put it all on a mind map and I had like the chapter and the sub, sub idea and idea and like I had it all broken down. So then I was like, okay, what can I do? And uh, I literally recorded myself talking through the whole mind map on a video. So it was a video of my map summary and, just, and I put it up on YouTube for no, like it was not my intention to build a business around book summaries. That was for sure. I was just like doing it for the sake of, because I'd heard that people put up videos on YouTube and you know, it's fun. I was like, all right, I'll put it and see what people have to think about it or people have to say. And I put it and then I forgot that so even look at team and one day i was just browsing through youtube and i see my own video and there's like 5000 views and i'm like what what happened how did that happen and i see all these comments and i see all you know and people are reporting people are saying hey where can i buy all your book summaries this is great this mind map like uh, this is amazing this visual thing like, uh, I, I i really enjoy the, the way in which you broke these ideas and, all of, you know, all these comments. And I'm like, huh, I had no idea that, uh, you know, people would actually want to uh, buy it. I had just done it for my own fun sake in some ways, just, just doing it for the sake of doing it because I enjoy reading and I enjoy kind of explaining those ideas once I've learned them. I know that teaching is one of the best ways of learning. So I was like, okay, let me put it on there. And that moment when I saw that triggered my thinking. I was like, oh, maybe I can just go down this path. Maybe I can start that. And that's how, like, when I left, um, I decided I'm just gonna keep doing what I was doing and do more. That's how it started. So wasn't very well thought out or very well planned as you would think. Um, even like earlier in like sometime, at some point in 2015, I even thought about creating a portal where uh, authors would come and, you know, all sorts of like software ideas for authors to come and, you know, uh, do trainings and things like that. But finally the business pivoted into the state that it is currently. Wow. Dang. That that's, that's crazy. It's like you, you kind of like stumbled into it. It's like, Oh, well 
this this makes sense and just kind of you just took the next steps even though yeah you didn't, you didn't wait till yeah like oh i'm gonna build this big old business it was like oh like this seems like the next thing to do and then and then from there you just kind of built and evolved from there yeah yeah and that's that's so crucial in you know in building a business like um a lot of people think that they need a great idea in order to get started and there's a there's a great book called um, how to be, how to be rich or how to get rich. I keep confusing those uh, by Felix Dennis. He was the publisher of uh, FHM, Maxim, a lot of these magazines. So he was the owner of all of these magazines. So he's a British, um, um, probably worth five, six hundred million dollars by the time he passed away. And his book in the book, he says, you know, ideas are like running shoes, but execution is like the act of running. So if you're in a race, would you rather have the greatest running shoes or would you rather just run? So a lot of people wait for the perfect running shoes and they don't even start the race. But the guy who's going to win is not the guy who's going to wait for the perfect running shoes or the golden running shoes, the perfect idea. The guy who's going to win is who's just going to start running irrespective of the shoes he's got because he's going to find a way. And by the time the other guy finds the perfect shoe, the race is over. Wow, that's that's very powerful. That's a powerful analogy, and yeah, I, I feel the same way. While, while I'm building my own business, the, you know, the morning hustlers. It started off as just a thing to help me get up in the morning, and then more people started sharing it. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, like this is becoming a business, and now here I am interviewing you, and it, it, that's it, it's it's unbelievable. So yeah. during this process, you're like, okay, well. I now at this point you're you're like okay you're you're going a little bit more into this like did you hire a coach did you find a mentor or did you just go by based so on the books that you read all of these are evolutionary like you you find coaches you find mentors you find partners you find ventures and uh, you have to become conscious about these things as you keep doing them um, you have to consciously excuse me you have to consciously look for these um well, these people in your life and I, I remember one time one of my really good friends is uh, uh this guy called john sonmez he's the founder of simpleprogrammer.com bulldog mindset maybe you've met him maybe you've seen his youtube videos maybe some of you guys have um and uh the way i met him is so interesting and we've like it's just one of the many stories of how you find people in your life and how you should be able to build connections and leverage. I'll just tell that one story because it will show a lot of different steps of finding mentors, partners, coaches, friends, uh, and all of those. So the way it happened was uh, early on in my, in my book summary days, uh, I decided to reach out to people who were interviewed on a specific like entrepreneur podcast because that podcast had a lot of, you know, successful entrepreneurs on it. So I was like, I'm going to reach out to all the people on this podcast who love reading books because the host would ask about books. So I, you know, compiled the list. I made a spreadsheet, you know, name, email address, location, which books did they like? What did they answer? All that stuff, like a giant spreadsheet, right? And I started reaching out to each of them. Hey, I like your interview about that book. I have this book. Like, should check it out and uh, let me, you know, I would love to share with you some of our uh, summaries that we have done and maybe even I would love to pick, pick your brain. So a lot of people didn't even respond, but this guy, John Sanmez, he responded to me saying, hey man, that your summaries look pretty cool. Yeah, I'd love to chat. 
so we just jumped on a call, a video call, and I talked to him for like 20 minutes. Uh, and it turns out that he was also like he had just moved from Tampa to San Diego at the time, but I was actually in India at the time. So when I was talking to him, and he was like, "Yeah, when you were in San Diego, let's meet up." So I was like, "All right, yeah, let's meet up." Um, and I re- I was the one who really wanted to meet up. So uh, he ch- kind of let it go. He was already a successful guy. So he didn't really have much vested in it. But I was interested in getting to know him and because he had shown interest in the book some reason and all that. And I got to San Diego. I reached out to him and he was too busy. So nothing happened. Then again, I reached out to him and he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's get together for coffee. Because uh, I was like, hey, I just need to talk to you about some real estate stuff. I didn't even say I want to talk to you about business again. This time I changed the course because I figured like maybe some other angle would work, right? Hey, I just want to talk to you about some real estate stuff. Um, he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's get together for some coffee. And so we started talking, we talked a little bit, and he's like, um, and I got some some good feedback from him. But then again, he disappeared. Like he was like, I would try to schedule time with him, and it would just not happen. And then again, I ran into him somewhere in PB uh, on the boardwalk one day, and I'm like, hey, John. He's like, hey, yeah, hey, you. And he was trying to think, who is this guy? <laughs> And uh, again, I was like, hey, Ben, uh, I'd love to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, uh, why don't we, um, you know, we'll schedule something. And I was like, all right. So I reached out to him again. He's like, let's go for a run. I was like, all right, let's go for a run. So he, you know, we go for a run summer evening, maybe September evening. Um, and uh, I have no idea how long of a run it is, right? We go for a run. The guy takes me for a 12 mile run. <laughs> And the guy is like, literally, I don't know if you followed his channel or if you've seen him, like he's like the bulldog mindset, right? It's yeah. all about physical fitness and like all that shit. So we go for like a 12 mile run and I'm running with him and I'm just this, this business, we're talking all sorts of things. And, you know, a week later, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to Vegas for this mastermind. You should come. Let's hang out. And that's how our friendship really like kind of started, kind of kicked off. And I started to help him with some of his stuff, uh, one thing at a time. And then, you know, we started doing promotions together. He started promoting my products to his list. And over the years, like he's become one of my best friends in uh, like one of my best friends in the world. And we talk about everything, not just business, but business life. I, I literally, I go to the gym three times a week in the gym for the last two and a half, three years until this COVID situation happened. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And we've done so much business together. We've learned so much from each other. Like he started as a mentor in some ways. Like he was someone who was like someone I looked up. And now I feel like we're peers because we're constantly doing business together. We're friends. We're like hanging out. Um, we're, we're the best of buddies. And uh, that's how a lot of these relationships kind of develop uh, a lot of it is your own initiative. You have to, you know, kind of chase people down sometimes. Differently, how them? How can you like help them and not make much, like not make really big asks, but make small, subtle asks, and just you know, let them take you, let them uh, kind of guide that journey. Uh, or depending on their answer, you just propose the next step and the next step and the next step. And that thing evolves. Like literally, I remember the day or the week after, two weeks after the the run, uh, I listened to his podcast and he was talking about 
he met this guy Manny, and he just asked him to. He just asked Manny to come out on a run with him, and the guy damn ran twelve miles with him, and he was really impressed. <laughs> so, so he was literally impressed because in his mind, physical fitness is such a big part of it, or physical endurance is such a part, big part. And the guy is legit, like very successful, very smart, um, big time entrepreneur, big time real estate investor, and uh, it's always. Um, like we always whenever we hang out we have so much business and uh, life stuff to talk about and constantly help each other in our journeys dang that that's a amazing story um and, and that that's so cool like i i know what you mean like uh even when i'm going to bring someone into my life i think of like oh let me i'm gonna go to i'm gonna take them if you want to go to hot yoga with me because hot yoga that's hard i'm sure you've done it before right bikram yeah 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 and um yeah it's so tough and it's just like okay well hey i'm actually impressed that you actually were able to go through you know entire class considering if it's their first time or something like that right mm -hmm. so so john like uh so this guy was able um i'm sure that he so you guys did a lot of business together you, like you guys help each other out a lot um would you say in a way like like he gave you like a like a, a, foot, a foot in the door like did he also like introduce you to other people who are able to also open other opportunities for you or did you just kind of branch out and kind of find that on your own as well uh okay so yes i mean it's it's one of those things where i actually introduced him to just as many people as he introduced me to it was like a very mutual thing but yes he definitely in the early stages of business back in 2017 he got me a lot of like, he, he helped me through a lot of breakthroughs in my business he, just because of the fact that he promoted my product to his list at that time when my list was really small and his list was really big and him promoting my product to his list was huge because when he promoted the product, we made tens of thousands of dollars, but that also like validated the product in my mind. It wasn't just like me selling to my own little group of people that I had found on YouTube. It was me selling it to a group of people that I had never uh, met before or seen before or not met or seen. I, of course, I haven't really seen anyone or met before, anyone who's watching my YouTube, but these people had never heard of me and they just, from our emails, they were able to buy. So it was huge. And uh, that email campaign, the first one that we did together uh, was, you know, the starting point of, of Catalyst for uh, taking the business to the next level this, that year and you know that yeah so it's been it's been huge um and we just like john and i just did another campaign um two weeks ago and it turned out it was one of his best campaigns all year long so it's like now i i'm basically his biggest affiliates so and wow. what started as just a small little experiment uh, for john has turned into like one of his biggest uh, money makers in the space dang and and you had and, and both of you had no idea, you know, starting out that this would ever happen. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Like we couldn't even anticipate it. It just evolved very slowly and organically, uh, and uh, there was no there was no way in hell I could attempt to promote my product. That sounds like the right move to make because I didn't even know. It was just like when we were going out on those runs, like because I went for the twelve mile run, he was cool. Like he was like. Okay, I, I think I can go out on a run with this guy again. So he invited me again, or I like I invited myself again. I was like, hey man, when are you gonna go for a run again? Let's talk. 
okay, let's let's talk some business again. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, come on that day, and we go for another run. And uh, in that run, we unfolds. You know, I tell him, hey, I'm running this promotion for my product, and he tells me about where his business is. And I'm like, hey, you know, in another conversation, I'm like, hey, uh, do you think you could like, would you would your be interested in a productivity? Uh, product or something, productivity summaries. He's like, yeah, maybe let's let's talk to you know let's talk to my my uh, marketing guy and let's figure it out. So it was all organic. It was very uh, organic relationship building that led to all of these things. Beautiful. And also, um, a big thing is like um, it, that, that took time. Um, well, like I think with myself and including my audience, you know, being like the younger entrepreneurs, we tend to want the result so quickly, you know, it's like, well, like I need to, I need to make sure that this is like, I, if I'll make a connection with this person, I don't want to waste my time with, you know, certain people, which at a certain point, like, yeah, but you know, also like take like success is just like step by step and, you know, having that patience. And that's something I remind myself of, you know, every day it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely not easy. It's definitely not easy uh, mindset to adapt. Yeah. yeah and uh, I mean, as you as you establish yourself and as you you know get yourself in different circles what happens is now the next affiliate deal or next relationship becomes that much easier if i say hey john uh can you introduce me to this person or that person or if john says hey you know can you introduce me to that person? Like these things become much easier because the connection leads to another connection, leads to another connection. And, you know, that changes the game dramatically. So it's a, initially what could have taken you months can suddenly be done in days because you've developed so much more trust with people because of the body of work you have put together, right? So today, if I were to reach out to someone like John, it would be much easier for me to connect with that person because body of work, they can go to my website, they can check on podcasts, they can check out on YouTube, they can see all of those things and they are much more like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. I think I would, you know, I want to talk to him or something like that. So it's, yes, there are ways to accelerate it. There are ways to make it faster. Um, mostly through, through or by going through unknown connection. Like, you know me because of Vez, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Wesley's our common, like, uh, Wesley's a good friend of mine. He's your brother-in-law. You know me from Wesley. And that means like, because of that mutual connection, you can basically reach out to me anytime and we can chat and we can talk about business anytime you want. Right. So mm -hmm. that, that's a kind of, a, a, a really small, a really powerful hack to be able to get to people through a known connection. Oh, most definitely, man. So I also saw that in your, in your, uh, one of your emails, you're talking about like, you started to learn how to, you know, um, build, like develop some strong communication skills. And you read the book, never eat alone. Like what, what were like the biggest breakthroughs that you had socially? Cause this is like, yeah, you have to like present yourself in a certain way to where people do want to connect with you. What were some things that you applied to that, that really helped you out tremendously when it came to networking? Yeah. Never Eat Alone was great, man. Like there was one idea that changed. Like that was that was so good. Applied it and got the results right away. As in, okay, so I'll tell you the story. Um, I had known this, like I had seen this guy off and on in the San Diego, you know, scene and you know, sometimes bar. Or, like I knew, like 
I guess I knew of him and he knew a little bit about me. Um, but I didn't really know well, know him well enough. And uh, towards, you know, as I started to know more about him, I was like, this guy is the real deal. Like this guy knows what he's doing. This guy knows what he's talking about. He is a legit, smart entrepreneur. I want to get to know this guy, right? And that was just a thought. Like it was just a subconscious thought in my head and I didn't really know how to do it because we'd just, you know, seen each other in the bar and it was like not much of a connection there. So what I did was we'd seen each other in different events and stuff. And maybe like we saw each other in an event all the way in DC. And he was like, hey, yeah, uh, you're from San Diego. You know, something like that, but didn't really go anywhere, right? Then I read Never Eat Alone. And in that book, he says, you should host dinner parties and you should invite, you know, five people to the dinner party. That's all you really need to have a good party. So I said, okay, well, I'll just you know, invite this guy because I want to get to know him. He, because Keith Farazi said in the book, like, host dinner parties, invite um, some people you know well, but some people you don't really know well, but you want to get to know them well. Like, they're different, like, so many different angles. You can host dinner parties in so many different ways. You can have team dinner parties. You can do, and a lot of people who are listening might be thinking, hey, man, I'm young. I don't even have a place, like, a nice place to stay. What are you talking about, dinner party? I get it. You can have a pizza party and you can literally have, you know, five plastic chairs and a plastic table and invite people. What matters is the fact that you brought people together. That's what like, the thought matters, not so much the, the food or the, the, the quality, like being able to throw a lavish party. That's not at all. Like what Keith Radzi often did was you would just have soup and bread. That was his party and plastic table with like that Italian tablecloth, paper tablecloth with a red and white checkered and six chairs and that's all his dinner parties were initially and i was like okay i'm gonna do this so but for like months and months i kept on taking the ball down the road but one day i was like okay i'm gonna just invite the damn guy and i'm gonna invite like six seven of my other friends and just call it a party and do it i did it and he came over and he came over we had a great time all of us watched a bunch of TED Talks, talked about business and life and all those things. And after that, he, he became a really good friend of mine. Uh, over the years, he's become a really good mentor. Um, he's taught me a lot about business. He's like super, um, super smart uh, digital media agency owner uh, and a super smart guy. And over the years, uh, he has literally, my friendship with him, with him has has put me in a different league just because of that. So it's amazing how that little those little moves that you would have never, you know, you would never consider. You would learn from one book, you learn this little thing from one book, then you little you learn this little thing from one idea and one place here and one place there. And you know, your life changes as a result. But that book is awesome. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, one thing I really like about that book is he talks, I do this a lot. I do uh, the idea of, of pinging, like mm. reaching out to people and just making sure, you know, you just nurture that relationship. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't finish the book. I didn't get to the part with the dinner parties, but. Um, you do that. You to me often. Yeah. Well, maybe not, no, maybe not right now. I'm going to take that back for discovered situation, but after this is settled, yeah, you guys should do it. Uh, it's probably one of the easy. Okay. So if I were to, you know, talk about social hacking, your life, social hacking, 
uh, or hacking your social life, let's put it that way, dinner parties are probably the easiest social hack that's out there. Hmm. The easiest. And, and if it. you can't have it at your home, well, just invite people to a place, you know, have a prefix menu maybe, um, or get a little venue together with a couple of friends, co-host a dinner party with another friend. Tell him that I will do all the work. You just give me the location. You invite your friends. I'll invite my friends. There's always a hack. There's always a hack inside a hack to, to be able to uh, make do with the resources you have. So don't think that, oh, um, I don't have the money or the connections or the food or the table or the location. You can basically parlay all of that from some person or other, from some connection or other. Some friend of yours might have one of those things that you don't have. It could be three friends of yours coming together to host the party and inviting 10 other people. It's always possible. There's always a way. I think, I think the most powerful part of that whole thing was what you said, like, it doesn't have to be this extravagant, you know, awesome dinner party. It can just be like, yeah, get together some pizza or just set it up. And like the conversation that come from that is what really matters. Very, yeah, very powerful. It's the, thought, it's the thought that matters. Nobody in, nobody cares about how good the dinner was. Like literally nobody, man. All people care about is that camaraderie and the connection they get out of that. Like, even if it's a wine and cheese party or if it's just a pizza party, like, does not matter. What matters is the thought that you thought of them, you invited them all. They're grateful just for that. Wow. So uh, one thing I, I'd also want to talk about while, cause like a big thing is like, I preach, you know, your network is your net worth. Like, yeah, just like surround yourself with these ambitious people, find some mentors. And one thing that, you know, the, the commonality that you and Wes have is that you guys are both members of War Room. So walk me through like, like what, what steps happened? Like, how did you hear about War Room? How did it go on your map? And like, what was the deciding factor for you to go into War Room? Oh, uh, it was uh, because I've been going to traffic and conversion for a while. Like that event, it's a big digital marketing uh, that that company throws called traffic and conversion. It's a great event. A lot of uh, great uh, knowledge. Were you at TNC with us, right? You were, you were at TNC. But I had been to traffic and conversion or social media marketing. Which one did you come to with Wes? Uh, I went to Influencer with Brad, Brandon oh, Richard. Influencer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't come to TNC. Okay. Mm -hmm. TNC was, uh, TNC Traffic and Conversion is the other conference or is the conference that Digital Marketer throws and it's the same people who do War Room. And I had been going to their conferences for quite a while and had heard about, remember the guy I told you from, uh, the guy who I invited for the dinner party? He's the one who was like, Manny, you should join War Room. He's the one who said, because uh, he was already in War Room at the time and uh, after a few years, he's like, hey, you should join War Room. And that's what triggered me because I wasn't really sure. I was like, man, I'm not sure if I want to spend $25,000, $30,000 a year on this mastermind. But he was like, no, no, you should join it. There's a lot of good people in there. And because he said so, I did. You know, I, I respect his opinion enough to, you know, to be like, all right. Yeah, if he says it, let's do it. Wow. And what year was this? That, like you actually pulled the trigger? 2018, I think. I, I don't remember. 2018, I think. Yeah. So, so by that time, you already like so 2,000 books was already taken off, and you were able to sustain yourself and um, off your business um, in just a you know three years time. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, businesses have such different trajectories. Uh, it's so hard to map the trajectory of any business compared to any other business. Uh, but you know, it's 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 a journey. It's a journey all by itself, and everyone's got to take that journey and find their own uh, own trajectory to uh, to growth. Uh, mm-hmm. What I have seen though is like there. Are some consistent ways to hack growth to, to get fast growth and probably one of the best is through people so i keep telling like this is something john like uh john sonma is the guy i tell you about bulldog mindset guy he's like one of those self-made guys uh he's like literally all his life he's hustled hard for everything that he's made and i keep telling like we would have these discussions long discussions and i would keep saying like people are the People are the greatest life hack. People are the greatest life hack. People are the greatest life hack. Um, over the years, he has found that truth. Earlier, he wouldn't believe it. He's like, no, no, no. Discipline and consistency is the ultimate life hack. And I'm like, no, people are the ultimate life hack. But now I have convinced him that people are the ultimate life hack. So if there's any hack to growth, it's people. Nice. Now, is there like, um, and also like, uh, uh, when we're t- I read one of your emails, but I didn't know, I know about this, but Warren Buffett, he attributes his, uh, his number one, you know, thing to contribute to success, which is focus. And, and same thing with Bill Gates. They both said focus when it comes to, you know, the greatest contributor, like, what do you do? What keeps you focused? Do you, do you uh, do the Pomodoro technique? Do you set out chunks? Like what's your, what's your way to be productive and consistent? Yeah, there's okay. So there's uh, focus has so many different meanings. Uh, there's focus in the micro microwave and there's focus in the macro way, right? Focus in the micro is right now in this moment, I am completely focused on our conversation here, not thinking about anything else. We're present with each other. That's micro focus, right? But then macro focus, that's where I feel like a lot of people lose uh, the battle of entrepreneurship. Macro focus is where uh, anytime, anytime I hear a young entrepreneur or early who tells me I have multiple businesses and I'm like, you know, when they say I'm doing this and I have this business and I have that business and I have this business, I already know none of them are working. So macro focus is where it says stay focused, stay the course on one business, make this damn business work. And that I think is so crucial for people, for early stage entrepreneurs to get. Um, here's, here's, here's the way to, I'm, I'm kind of giving you a much different definition of focus than you would have initially you probably initially asked for because it's more of a uh, bigger picture view of business and life. A lot of people go into business. A lot of uh, entrepreneurs go into business searching for the way to make money or searching for the best opportunity or searching for the best way to, uh, to make money. And there's some of that, there's some of that, like you need the, the right angle, the right opportunity and all of that. Right. But the bigger game of entrepreneurship is saying, I will make this damn thing work. What people lose in the game of entrepreneurship is they think, I need to find the thing that will work, right? And so they do this, they do that. They, one day they're doing thing A, the next day they're doing thing B, the next day they're, they're doing C, D, E, F, they're all over the map. And That is how you lose the game. The game is to say, I will A, work no matter what happens. And that is a sweet spot. Like that's a, it does take a little while to like get that, like that thing right. Um, but 
the battle of focus, like when we're talking Steve Jobs or when we're talking, uh, you know, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs was a prime example of this. Um, when he came to Apple, came back to Apple after he was fired from Apple, he came back to Apple, long story. And when he got there, he saw that there had like so many different Macintoshes. And he asked the VP of uh, product, he's like, so which one should I recommend to my niece who's in 12th grade or something? And he's like, oh, you could try this or this or this or that. And Steve Jobs was like, no, this is not how we do business. Like, there's no way you can do anything like this. And he literally cut down the Mac product line by like 60 or 70% when he came on board. And that's how Apple literally started its historic turnaround. So that was his focus. So there's the micro focus of in the moment Pomodoro technique and focus music and all of those things, which are really important. But there's also the macro focus of business, like really being able to say, I'm going to make this damn thing work. Both of them are super crucial. Both of them are really important. From productivity point of view, the micro focus, the 30 minute focus chunks, the productivity focus, like the Pomodoro technique. And I literally have a course called Double Your Productivity by 5 p.m. tomorrow, in which one of the biggest things I teach people is how to be able to quickly focus in and get down to work and literally double your productivity within 24 hour period. If you just follow the steps, you will double your productivity. It's focused, but it's more micro focus in that moment. Macro is more business, more more entrepreneurial, thinking about how to focus. Yo, you, you know that's that's very powerful. The the I think the biggest lesson that I've learned this year is that what you what you mentioned is like when someone's like oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I do a lot of things. I'm like, well, I know that you're you're not really making progress in a lot of different directions, because. We know like it, it sounds good and to someone who who doesn't who doesn't have like that laser focus and um doesn't hasn't built anything like really big themselves it sounds good to them uh, but someone who's really built something like they know like okay it takes a lot of time and energy and focus it in one direction and you have to do that over a long period of time um or in order to really make things work and there's going to be a lot of rope and I'm, I'm going through that right now i'm i'm, I'm yeah. I'm grateful for it. Um, I came to this realization, you know, at such a young age. Um, so for, for 2000 books, like, um, when you first created it, like once you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this. Like what, what were the kind of goals that you were setting for yourself? Were you setting like five-year goals? Were you setting one-year goals? Like, what did that look like for you? Okay. So uh, I'll answer, I'll answer it in two different ways. Uh, what, the goals I was setting, the goals I was using as metrics sometimes were wrong. I was wrong a lot of times. And I was setting these one-year, two-year, five-year goals. And they were not really, um, not really the way a startup works. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. Because a startup is, uh, or when you're in early stages of any business, it's very hard to predict how far you can go in that thing that you're trying to figure out right now. It's very hard to predict uh, what will happen in a year's time or two years time or six years time or anything like that. So you can have a vision for your business. You can have a vision for what you see, the grand vision, the grand scale of everything that you want to come, like you want to play out in the next five years or 10 years. And that's totally, you know, totally great. But when it comes to nuts and bolts execution, you want to be able to set goals where you see your, like where you are able to see that, okay, I set this goal, 
and I'm actually hitting it or getting in the ballpark of hitting it. So you want to start with a smaller time scale and then keep increasing that time scale. And I would say you start with weekly goals. And as you start meeting your weekly goals, then go to, you know, every two weeks or every month or every two months or every three months. As the business grows and as the business matures, it's much easier to predictably uh, say, okay, we're going to hit this target because you are much clearer on the metrics. You're much clearer on all the different things you will do to hit those targets. But when you're in the early phases, there's very little clarity on how you will get to those the next step and the next step and the next step. So um, a lot of uh, early stage goals uh, should be more shorter term, but as the business grows, you can get more longer term with your goals. But then vision is something different. Vision, you want to have a vision for yourself. You want to have a vision for how you want to, this business to be and a five-year vision, even a two-year vision, three-year, they're all good. Even a one-year vision of how you see this evolving is important. And let that be your guiding North Star. But in the game of business, you will find yourself having to pivot, having to twist, having to turn little, little changes here and there. So the goal that you might have had for a year, it may not be the goal anymore even two or three months down the line. So keep the goal within striking distance in the early phases. In, in fact, always like uh, right now we're predicting, like we could predict within the quarter, two quarters, what we can do. And those goals are much more, um, much more realistic. But if I were to try to predict two years from now, I would be really wrong in, in the business right now. Um, so keeping the goals within the territory of what you know you can consistently predict and achieve or be on the cusp of those, that is, that is, the, that is the goal setting to keep your business progress going. So hopefully that answers the question. Wow, that was, that was a fantastic answer because just like you said when you first went about it, you were setting the wrong kind of goals. And I personally, for my business, I haven't been doing those small chunks. Like, Oh, like this is definitely doable. And then this I'm setting out, I have, I have a vision, but I'm also setting out like really, really big goals. Like, you know, four years from now, like, this is what I want it to look like. It's like, I, I definitely need to spend some more time thinking, okay, but like, what's like the big, like the goal that I can reach like the next step. And then what would make most logical sense from then? Like, and what's a good time frame? It seems like I, I can actually do it. Like where, where it's actually doable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause goals are, there's so many ways to think about goals. There's like long-term goals and short-term goals and medium-term goals and all of those things. You want to be in the ballpark of those goals where you can see yourself getting close to them, if not hitting them all the time. Man, thank you for that. So let's go ahead. I'm looking at the Facebook group really quick. Let's see if anyone is asking any questions. Let me pull it up here. All right. So we got we got Tim. He just commented saying, love the distinction between micro and macro focus. Um, we got Daniel commented 21 minutes ago saying, uh, got to respect the process. Uh, by the way, those who are watching live, if you have any questions for Manny, go ahead and just drop them in the comment box. Um, we got Tim commented a little bit over, a little bit under 30 minutes ago saying network while running a casual half marathon, networking while running a casual half marathon. That's right. Huh. It was more or less a half marathon because it was around 12 miles, remember? So you're right. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. And and did you have like the stamina like leading up to that? Like did you run at all? Like I, I, I ran. So so then after the after the run, John asked me, so when was the last time you ran ten miles, twelve miles? And I was like, 
I don't remember I ever ran 10 four miles. I, I usually run four or five miles on a weekly basis. I'll, you know, anytime I go out for a run, I go for a run pretty consistently every week, like three or four times a week, three times a week, four or five miles is the most I do on. Or, I, yeah, I would run five miles at any given time. So I've been a long, like I hadn't run 10 miles in a very long time or maybe forever, 12 miles. Yeah. That's hilarious, man. Uh, be- before we do adjourn, um, while these guys are coming up with some questions, um, is there anything that you want to say, like uh, any piece of advice that you would love to give um, to to the entrepreneurs who are building the business or want to build a business, but they're still unsure, uh, you know, the beginning stages? Yeah, um, so many different things that come to my mind, but um, one of the things in the early, early part of my life uh, that I learned was that and I just, I'm going to give you advice that's contradictory to what I just told you, which is to set, like, sometimes you set these goals that are like, okay, I can hit this, I can hit this, I can hit this, I can hit this. So that's how I'm going to progress through these phases. But sometimes in life, um, if you've got to go for those big goals and the way to do those goals, the goals where you just can't see the path, but you have that passion, you excited about them and you just know you're going to have to make it work you're going to figure out a way i i i say commit first and figure it out later i i I, the thing as an entrepreneur or uh, to succeed at any endeavor in life the most important thing you will need is commitment if you are committed you will always find a way people who fail are the ones who are usually not the committed ones so if you commit and you say, I'm going to burn the bridges. I'm going to burn the boats. There's no plan B. There's only plan A or nothing. It's do or die. You find a way. The key is to find those moments. The, the key is to be very appreciative of life's challenges when it gives you those do or die moments. For me, it was like those times when I was laid off and I had 30 days to find a job. That's do or die. And I, today, and I look back, I'm very appreciative of those moments because they forced me to find a way that forced me to get better or get stronger to, to, to handle life in a way. And same thing, if, I, I don't know if you read my most recent email about my graduate school experiences, like the JFK email I was telling. Uh, um, yeah, so I was talking about how um, when I went to grad school, by the way, if there are any questions, I want to answer those questions before I keep rambling on about commitment. No, no, I keep going. I want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so, when I went to grad school, I, I was a physics major, as you had correctly pointed out. And then I went to grad school at Rice University in Houston for electrical and computer engineering. But they wanted me to study uh, the part of computer engineering, electrical engineering, which is very close to physics. It's quantum electronics, physical electronics, nanoparticles, all this stuff. But when I came to, when I came to grad school, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do hardcore electrical and computer engineering. I don't want to do anything related to physics anymore. So in a moment, I had to make a decision. I could, I could try to do both. Like I could trick levels in both of those like quantum electronics, um, quantum physics, and also on computer engineering, or I could just go all the way in quantum, all the way in one, all the way in the other, or straddle in both of them and try to see which one I could do. Because the challenge for me was that if I didn't, score a GPA of 3.5 out of four in any of the semesters, I would lose my scholarship. 
So it wasn't like I could just come and study whatever the hell I want and get whatever grades I want. And no matter what, I would still be okay. I would have to, no matter what I took, I would have to get a GPA of 3.5 or 4. And if I didn't, I would lose my scholarship, which, which means I would have to leave the country. So I've heard a lot of close moments to having to get kicked out of America. This was just one of those early ones, right? So in that, in that early phase where I didn't really have any background in computer engineering, electrical engineering, I just knew I wanted to do it. So when it was the opportunity, like when it was time for me to select my classes, I said, I'm not going to do any quantum electronics. I'm not going to do any physics stuff. Screw it. I'm going to go all in to computer engineering, electrical engineering. That's all I want to do. I have no idea. I am going to have to study doubly as hard because everyone else already has the background in these. They've done their undergrad degrees and I have no clue. So I was like, screw it. I'm doing it. And my friends, like literally, they were like, dude, you're crazy. You're going to, what if you don't get a good grade? You're going to lose your scholarship. All of this shit is going to happen. Why don't you take both of those courses and see how this goes? And maybe next semester you will know better. I was like, no, going all in. I was wild, I was young, and I was naive, and it was a good thing. Because then I was like, I just went all into that. I was 100% committed, 110% committed. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I found a way. So commitment, when you, especially when you burn the boats, when you have no way out, that's when you find yourself hitting those big goals. The challenge, like the reason why there's a dichotomy here of when I said you need to set small goals and achievable goals, while on the other hand, I'm telling you, you need to go for those big hairy goals where you need to go all in. Those goals really work when there is a clear, uh, a clear punishment for failure, where there's a clear um, do or die situation. When you have that clear do or die situation, then your big goals take on a life of their own. Then you will always find a way. But when you don't really have a clear do or die situation, like in the case of business, when you're just going from you know quarter to quarter to quarter, then you're much better off setting more like reasonable expectation goals so that you can hit those things. But then maybe there are times when you are your back is against the wall and that's when you will find yourself doing massively better than what you ever done because now you're committed and that that's really inspirational um and just you're like that i'm gonna like you got to the point where you're like i am going to make it work yeah. as you mentioned like no matter what like i i made the decision now i had to figure out now your brain starts coming up with different answers on how you could how you can make this work like okay i can do this i can study more of this i can cut this out and that and i feel like that wouldn't have been available to you if you didn't make that decision right like those kind of thoughts on how to actually make it work and make it happen. If there was no consequence, if there was no negative consequence of not hitting that goal, then my brain wouldn't have worked as well to find those answers. So the negative consequence that do or die, the die part of it just has to be as hardcore for your brain to get into gear, to get you to the goal, to get you that end result that you want. That's incredible, man. All right, so here, um, I know, you know, just to be cognizant of time here, uh, we have a couple questions. Um, Tim asks, what things unrelated to business do you do that help you out in your business? Mm. Running. I love running, uh, working out. Um, what else do I do? Uh, different things. There's so many different hobbies I have. Rock climbing, sailing, salsa dancing, all these different things. And there's always like all these things unrelated traveling, traveling around the world. Uh, this as unrelated as they sound they always like there's always 
if you seek, you will find there's always a way these things connect back to your life and to business. Hmm. Also meditation. I know you're big into that as well. Yeah. Um, here, Tim also asked, as you've gone through your journey, how was your, how has your concept of money changed? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I think money at some point is, um, becomes just your way to uh, see how well you are able to meet your goals and keep yourself on track on your own commitments and all those things. It, 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 like at some point, money isn't really all that uh, like that it's made out to be like there's only so many things you will do but it, it is a great way to keep yourself like keep score for yourself to know what you're doing like there's the work you're putting in but the end result like what the results you're getting it's it's a good way to find how you are how you're doing you don't have to compare with anyone else you can just compare with yourself and just see if you're heading the right direction and you're doing the right things to create value in this world if you're creating value in this world, money is coming. And that's, you know, uh, it's really as simple as that. Solid, man. Um, I know we're at time. Just one last question here. Um, I think I know the, I, I think I know the answer to this question. Um, it says, if you were on a desert island and you can take one book only, what would it be? <laughs> um, it's a tough one. There are two books that I like, but I'll give you one. It's called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. It's one of the greatest books ever. Uh, it's a 50-page, really small book. You can you can download it for free from my website. Just go to 2000books.com/think, and you can get that uh, PDF of that as a man thinketh book. It's uh, it's a philosophical gem of a book, one of the greatest books. So read it. I have read it tons of times, and I still keep reading it. It's it's, it's loaded with wisdom. Beautiful. Hey man, thank you so much, Manny. I really appreciate you coming, man. Um, where where can people find you? Um, like yeah, a, um, yeah. Just head on over to. So if you're watching on YouTube, I don't know if this is ever going to go on YouTube. I'm assuming it's just on Facebook right now. But if you're watching on YouTube, just search for Two Thousand Books, the YouTube channel Two Zero 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 Books, podcast Two Zero 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 Books, and for you guys, for all of you guys who are watching and listening, uh, I'm gonna uh, have a little. Uh, um, give a little discount to all of you guys so if you ever wanted to buy any of our courses any of our book summary packages or anything like that uh just enter the coupon i'll create the coupon code for you guys so don't try it today maybe try it tomorrow uh coupon code morning hustlers so let's call it morning try coupon code morning and uh we'll give you 30 percent off of all of our courses and book summary packs so that's hopefully that helps Wow. Awesome. I can't wait to tell everybody on the call tomorrow. Um, again, Manny, thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and end this live stream and I'm going to give you some, um, just a couple thank yous and then we'll, we'll go ahead and 